What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Nothing But Sports podcast. It has been a while. This is episode 30. I'm Rahel Jaswell. I was away, but now I'm back, and we got a lot to talk about this week on this Friday afternoon. We're going to talk the NBA trade deadline passed yesterday, and there's two moves I want to talk about. Then we're going to talk about the Dolphins, Eagles, and 49ers trade madness that has been going on uh, that happened earlier today, about a couple hours ago, and then... The giant, all the Giants' uh, free agency moves that have happened so far this year, uh, this this off season so far, the the moves the Giants have made. So let's get started. So we're going to start with the NBA trade deadline, and the two moves I kind of want to focus on are the fact that the Miami Heat um, acquired, um, traded for Victor Oladipo from the Houston Rockets for Bradley Beal and Kenny uh, Kelly Olynyk and a couple of picks. Um, good move for Miami. The fact that Miami was able to get him without having to give up Duncan Robinson and either Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Kendrick Nutter, Bam on a bio. That is good good work from Pat Riley. Um, Oladipo's been playing okay this season. I know he's only played 29 games, but he's averaging somewhere around 21 points. <clears throat> so not a bad not a bad pickup. And this also gives them more depth because they really struggle when Jimmy Butler's not playing. Um, they just can't find a way to win when Jimmy's not playing. So hopefully this gives them more depth so when Butler cannot play, cannot go because of injury, the Heat are still able to win games. They've lost five in a row now ever after going on that hot streak. They'll still probably make the playoffs, but um, good move for them overall. I think I still think Oladipo has, is a good player, um, but this is not looking good for Houston because the Rockets now basically... Remember, Oladipo was a big part of that, um, that James Harden deal. They, traded James, they actually traded for Karis LeVert. In that deal, and they traded that. They then shipped Lavert uh, to Indiana for Oladipo. Now they've taken. Now they've gotten rid of Oladipo. <clears throat> so basically, what you a big part of what you have gotten in that James Harden deal, besides the picks, is gone. And <clears throat> after the James Harden deal, I was like, okay, you know what? This this could help Houston. They've got a couple good young pieces. They've got a couple good pieces, and they've got some picks. But now they've completely shopped on Oladipo. But again, I. But again, <clears throat> sorry, I can't. I can't. I mean, I can't blame them. They lost 20 straight games. I think they've lost 22 of their last 23. So they weren't winning games, decided to move on. Also got a pick, a first-round pick, so that'll help them in the near future. But yeah, things are not looking good for the Houston for the Houston Rockets right now. But for Miami, it's a good move. Happened right at the buzzer. Um, sky's the limit for them. Good job not having to give up Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero or any of those guys because I felt like I thought you were going to have to at least give up one of those, one of those guys in that deal. So good job, Miami. Next one is, it, it's an interesting one. So the Clippers get Rajon Rondo from the Atlanta Hawks, and they ship off Lou Williams. Now, Lou Williams was a big part of the Clipper bench, and he was a, he was a main reason why I picked him to win last year, win the championship, because of his depth off the bench, his scoring ability, he can get you a quick 25, 30 points. But uh, they acquire Rajon Rondo, which is, which is very, which is going to help them a lot. Rajon Rondo was one of the big free agents of last year after winning the championship with the Lakers. I thought the Clippers would try and get out, um, try and sign him. I think they've tried to get, they tried to get him, but they couldn't. And Atlanta, for, uh, for giving him away, I mean, Atlanta's right on the verge. They're in the playoff hunt. I mean, they're in the playoffs right now as we speak. If the season ended today, they would be right around 500. They're right in the mix in that Eastern Conference with the Knicks. So giving up a young, so giving up a veteran like that in Rondo is a, I don't know about it, but you do get Lou Williams, who definitely helps the uh, the Hawks with scoring off the bench to pair with 
to pair, um, give him good presence off the bench, and you already got Trey Young there. But for the Clippers, it's a good move because Rajon Rondo will give them a given the leadership they've been missing. Clippers have been inconsistent this year, even though even what they were inconsistent last year, but this year it's been inconsistent. Uh, Kawhi's more of a lead by example kind of guy. He's not going to say much in the locker room. However, Rondo's like another coach essentially out there. His his basketball IQ is unbelievable, and he um he's a good leader in the locker room. So this will definitely help the help the Clippers out when they're struggling, especially as of late, they've been pretty inconsistent and sporadic with their play. So makes sense. Clippers, it's a, it's a win now move. And yeah, that's, that's it really for the deadline. Not much else happened that I want to talk about. Um, I was kind of surprised that the Knicks didn't try and make a move. They traded Austin Rivers, but I mean, I think they'll be fine. I thought they were going to try and make a move maybe for, uh, for Lonzo or, um, or Andre Drummond, but we'll see. Andre Drummond's going to get bought out, so he'll most likely, likely sign with the Lakers or the or the Nets um, going forward. So that's that's that. Lamarcus Aldridge is going to get bought out as well, so we're, we'll see where he goes with his contract. So yeah, that's all for the NBA trade deadline. Now let's move to the NFL madness that has happened today. So it all started a couple hours ago when the a blockbuster trade went down, where the Dolphins. And the 49ers reached a deal, and the Dolphins trade would traded their third their third overall pick in this year's draft to San Francisco 49ers for their 12th overall pick this year, a 2021 third rounder and a first rounder from 2022 and 2023. And then about 15 minutes later, it had come out that the Dolphins had reached a deal with the Eagles that the Dolphins would trade back up. They uh, they would trade again, they would trade with the Eagles. And they got the Eagles' sixth overall pick, and the Eagles got the Dolphins' twelfth overall pick that they got from San Fran, and the the Eagles also got the one hundred twenty fourth, one hundred twenty third overall pick from this year, and a twenty twenty two first rounder. So after today, the board looks like this: the the Eagles, the Eagles move down from pick six to pick twelve, and gain a first round pick from twenty twenty two and the one hundred twenty third overall pick. The 49ers move up to the third overall pick in the draft, and the Dolphins move down from pick three to pick six and get a 2023 first-round pick. I think this is a good news for all teams, but the Dolphins, man, I mean, you only move down three spots and you gain a first-round pick. So I'm going to break this down. We're going to start with the 49ers. What does this mean? This means Jimmy Garoppolo's time in San Francisco is is over. He's not not coming back. Um, Chef, I mean... There are reports coming out that they have no plans to trade him, but they're going to trade him. They're going to trade him before the draft or maybe even during draft night they'll trade him because they don't need him anymore because if you move up into that top three pick, you're, you're taking a quarterback. You're taking either Zach Wilson from BYU, Justin Fields, maybe uh, Trey, um, Trey Lawrence uh, of North Dakota State. Maybe you're taking him. So, um, yeah, it's... It's a move that basically says they they're done with Jimmy Garoppolo, and I think it's time to move on from from Jimmy Garoppolo in um in San Francisco because he's never he's never he- um he's never um he's never healthy, and he makes dumb decisions when he plays. He makes ill advised throws, and he's never healthy. Uh, they paid him a lot of money, didn't play much this season because he was constantly injured, and when he does play, he makes stupid decisions with the ball. So. It's time to come to an end. Kyle Shanahan is a QB whisperer. And now he has the chance to um, to get an athletic quarterback like Zach Wilson, Trey Lawrence, or um, or Justin Fields. Uh, 
he has a chance to get an athletic quarterback and put him in the Kyle Shanahan system. Kyle Shanahan is a mastermind when it comes to um, to offensive for offensive play calling. So now you stick an athletic quarterback in there like this, very very good for San Francisco. Um, so good move for them to trade up and get their get their quarterback now. The Dolphins. The Dolphins, um, with this move, essentially, they're, they're sticking to Tua. I like it. Um, there was really no reason to move on from Tua this year. People, I think, were overreacting. I mean, he didn't have a bad rookie season. He went 7-3, and three and he had a couple okay, you know, he was, he was okay. It was, a good, it was a good shortened rookie season. It wasn't anything special, but it wasn't disastrous. So I don't know why people were thinking that the Dolphins were going to take another quarterback. So this finally puts those rumors to rest saying that Tua is our guy, and we're going to rock with him going forward. And now, not only do the Dolphins gain, keep in mind, the Dolphins also have the 18th overall pick in this draft. So they have two first-rounders um, first from this year, for this year. And not only, so the Dolphins, this is a brilliant move, because you only move down three spots. Because if, you're, if you don't want a quarterback, there's really no reason to be in those top four, top five, te- top four teams, because... The first four teams in the draft are going to be taking quarterbacks. <laughs> four quarterbacks are going to go in the first four overall picks. So if you're not taking a quarterback, there's really no reason to be up there. Uh, so it was good, good job in trading down. But they trade down only six. And at six, you're probably going to get the, the best wide receiver in the draft or one of the better, maybe the best offensive weapon in the draft. Because the Bengals are, because who knows what the Bengals are going to go with. People have been saying the Bengals will go Penny Sule, the offensive line, because they need help. Or they might go Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase. But that leaves the Dolphins with a bunch of riches, with a, a bunch of offensive rich weapons at number six. Because if the, if the Bengals go with the offensive line, Penny, Penny Sule, who's been dubbed the generational talent on the offensive line, I think that would really help Cincinnati, considering how bad their offensive line was with Joe Burrow. Then they're looking at Kyle Pitts, who's pro, who didn't drop a, uh, any pass, didn't drop one pass at his career at Florida. You're looking at that, or you're looking at Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith. I mean, out of those three weapons, pick your poison. E- e- either one of those weapons is a win. I know Kyle Pitts plays tight end, but he's a general. He's a he's a very versatile weapon. And Jamar Chase has the capability to be a number one wide receiver and help the Dolphins' receiving core. Dolphins, you have you already have a number one wide receiver in Devontae Parker, but you 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 picked up Will Fuller. I know he's suspended for the first couple games, but you picked up Will Fuller, so he'll he'll be your trusty, I guess, number two. And now you can take a wide receiver like Jamar Chase and slot him in there, and there you go. You have a, a core of three very pretty good wide receivers, and that, that helps you out. And then you can take care of your offensive line with the 18th overall pick and get a tackle. Or if you want, you can go the direction of taking Kyle Pitts, Kyle, um, Kyle, Pitt, Kyle Pitts and ha- add another offensive explosive weapon, build around Tua. So the Dolphins now have so many different options, and they're all looking like win-win win situations. So good job for Miami, whatever they want to do with this next, uh, whatever they want to do next. Um, so it, and for the Eagles as well, I mean, they pretty much traded themselves out of the opportunity of getting Jamar Chase, but there's still a lot of very good weapons you can find with the 12th overall pick. You can find, you can find Jalen Waddle out of Alabama. You, you know, you can find, a, um, maybe Devonte Smith will be there. I don't think Kyle Pitts falls that falls that low, but there's a lot of, there's a, there, you know, Jalen, between Jalen Smith and, um, no, between Devon, sorry, b- between Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle, that pretty good option as a, pretty good option as a receiver. And 
Who knows, do they go a different direction? This also proves that Jalen Hurts is their guy. They're not going to go through the whole who's our number one quarterback situation like they did last year with Carson Wentz. So there's maybe even they go Elijah Moore. There's a real capability. There's a lot of good offensive wide receivers out there. This wide receiver class is very deep and very stacked. So yeah, they traded out of the Jamar Chase sweepstakes, but they do also gain a first-round pick from next year, and that is from the Niners. Both the um, both those picks are from the 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 um, the Dolphins required for the 49ers. And if you think <clears throat> if the 49ers have a rookie quarterback there, and they are in a very tough division, the maybe the toughest division in football in the NFC NFC West, you can maybe see them, maybe see the uh, maybe that see that pick being top 10, top fit, top 10 in the NFL. You can maybe be looking at another top 10 pick next year, which is very helpful. So <laughs> gives, cause the Eagles have way more problems and they also have offensive line problems. So we'll see, we'll see what this does going forward, but this is a, uh, I mean, I know a lot of Eagle fans are probably not gonna be happy at it at first glance, but it's really not a bad move because that pick, that pick next, that first round pick next year has a real good shot at being a top 10 or maybe top 12 pick. So it, it'll be, it, it, it's fine. Eagles fans, I think you're going to be okay. Um, it's a, it's a, it was a good trade in my opinion. A win-win-win for, for all three teams for the reasons I just mentioned. Niners get their quarterback. Dolphins establish that they have their QB. And, they, and they're probably also going to get some picks. Niners get, get some picks for Jimmy G. So you, you've, got, you've got your quarterback. Dolphins... You've established who your quarterback is, and you'll get another offensive weapon to help build around Tua with that stacked, with that already stacked defense in Miami. Remember, Miami went ten and six last year. They just didn't make the playoffs because of how competitive it was. But ten and six is a very good season, and there also is that extra game this year. So, Dolphins establish they have the establish their quarterback is Tua, build around him. Eagles establish that their their QB going for forward is Jalen Hurts, and. They have the capability of getting an, uh, a receiver again and a good receiver, whether it be um, Jalen Waller, Devonte uh, Smith. <clears throat> so good moves all around for for both teams, for all three teams actually. So that's the um, trade madness of today. Now we're going to go to the Giants, Giants because I'm I'm a Giants fan. Um, I've been very happy with so far how this how this off season has been going. The one wish maybe. Is you can sign another you can sign an offensive lineman like Mitchell Schwartz or Eric Fisher. I know Eric Fisher will be good to go because the Chiefs cut them. So that that would maybe be my one other wish. But otherwise, that <clears throat> it has been a very good offseason so far. So what the Giants have done is they signed John Ross to a one-year deal wide receiver, signed Kyle Rudolph two years, twelve million, Adoree Jackson three years, thirty-nine million. And obviously, the big one, Kenny Galladay, four years, seventy-two million dollar deal. So let's start with the um, let's start with the Galladay deal. Got you got your number one wide receiver. You got him. People are saying um, that it, if you're saying it's overpaid, then you haven't seen Kenny Galladay play much. Dude's a number one wide receiver, big body receiver. He can run all types of different routes. He can make those 50-50 balls, those contested catches. Finally, gives Daniel Jones a weapon that is not super inconsistent and constantly drops the ball, like Darius Slayton and Evan Ingram. They, they all, all have drop problems, and Galladay doesn't drop many passes. So there you go, Daniel Jones. Got your number one wide receiver. Offense hopefully will be more consistent with him. So not only do you add your number one wide receiver, something that Daniel Jones is lacking, because Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard are meant to be number two and number three receivers. Sterling Shepard is a very good number two, and Darius Slayton's a 
perfect number three because he's he's got that quick speed, that over-the-top speed, so he can be the deep ball threat. And also, John Ross is a speedster, so you have another deep ball threat. So there you go. You have you have your core at receivers. You have the number one in Kenny Galladay and number two in Shepard who can work the slot. And then you have the two speedsters and potential number threes in John Ross and Darius Slayton. So it's it's good. Um, so that's why it's good for the offensive side of the ball. Um, another thing also, they add Kyle Rudolph. <clears throat> now, a lot of people were scratching their heads at this move and kind of thought it was random. But I like this move. And the reason is Kyle Rudolph is a is a red zone is a red zone machine. He he gets a lot of red zone touchdowns. Giants were absolutely horrible in the first half. They they were better in the second half of the year. But in the first half of the season, they're absolutely horrible at converting in the red zone. They constantly had to settle for field goals. They couldn't punch it in. Now they have a tight end who is basically meant for the red zone. Kyle Rudolph is a tight end who is meant for the red zone. So there you go. You have your you have your red zone target. Also, Galladay can be a red zone target, but if he get but he but if you know all the attention is drawn on him, there you go. Kyle Rudolph. Big red zone target. Also, he can help with blocking. He's not like Evan Ingram. Okay, Evan Ingram is not going to be able to block. But Rudolph, if need be, can help can help with the blocking to give Daniel Jones some more time. Help help set out routes in the flat for Saquon, who can get loose, and also Wayne Gallman, who proved he was pretty good this year. So there you go. That another another good positive move for the Giants. Just opening things up on the offense more because Rudolph Rudolph is not going to be. A tight end who gives you seven for a hundred plus yards, but he is a tight end that's going to draw attention in the red zone. Or if you don't draw attention to him, he can beat a linebacker. He can he can beat a linebacker one on one when going up for a ball because of his hands and how good and how big he is. We saw him catch so many nice touchdowns in the red zone in Minnesota a lot with Kirk Cousins. So there you go, another good move. I get like I said, he can also help out with blocking and. This also opens it up because if the chance that Kyle Pitts falls to the Giants in the draft and you take him, you can rock the three tight end set, and Rudolph, Rudolph can, and you can mix things up so much more. Um, now you can also do that in draft pits, and then you can trade Ingram because and maybe get a first round, maybe get a good couple picks for Ingram because we're gonna see how he is at the um, if he hasn't figured out the drop the drops at the start of the season. I think you get rid of him at the deadline. So if you wanna if you wanna do that, you can rock a three tight end set, or even if you draft pits, and even with Kyle Rudolph, there's still the capability of trading Evan Ingram. So that's that's that. Uh, a lot of different a lot of different ways the Giants can go, and I see them all as very positive ways with what the, uh, with what they can do on offense. But I will say now, this gives zero excuses for Daniel Jones. I've defended him a lot this year. I've said. Or in the past year, I've said his receivers constantly drop balls. He makes good throws. And he does. He does make some good throws. Now, let us he's not perfect. He did improve. I mean, it wasn't the huge, the biggest sophomore improvement that we normally see. But there was improvement. He did do better when it came to fumbles. But he only threw 11 touchdowns in 14 games. That's the problem. He's got no excuse now. <clears throat> he's got no excuse. He's got a full complement of weapons. He's got, he's got Saquon Barkley coming back. He's got a good... Second running back in Wayne Gallman. He's got his number one receiver in Kenny Galladay. He's still got Sterling Shepard who can def, who can work the slot. Slayton, good over the ball, um, good speedster. John Ross, another good speedster. And the offensive line should be decent enough to to it should be good enough to hold up for him. And if need be, he can make the plays with his legs. He can run. So there's really no excuse for him. Um, he also still has Evan Ingram. Now Kyle Rudolph as well, a good red zone target. No excuses, man. Got to get it done. 
this is going to prove if if um if Dave Gettleman was right about taking him at number at number six overall in the draft. A lot of people thought he should have gone a little lower. I thought we should have taken the linebacker Josh Allen out of Kentucky because he broke a lot of records. But still, that's in the past now. It, it's uh, the onus is on you, Daniel Jones. What is it? Is it was it a good pick or not? This puts you on the clock because if the I'm gonna if the Giants don't make the playoffs this year. I view this. I view the, I view it as a busted season. And I think Daniel Jones needs to go. I really do. I think then we maybe go, we go hunting for a quarterback in the draft, or we can maybe trade Daniel Jones and so and see where we go from there. But th- with how bad this, um, how bad this division is, the Gi- uh, the Giants should make it. Um, speaking, of, and they have one more move. They signed a Dory Jackson, three years, thirty nine million, for. Um, for cornerback, a lot of people did. I thought maybe a little too much on the money, but a lot of people were saying, "Oh, I don't see why they did this. He's not a number one cornerback. He doesn't need to be a um, number one cornerback." We have they have Giants have a number one cornerback in James Bradbury. Heck, he doesn't even be, need to be the number two cornerback. We have uh, Logan Ryan is still there, so if need be, he's number three, and that's a pretty good set of three cornerbacks right there, of Adore Jackson at number three or Logan Ryan at number three, and then James Bradbury leading the way. That, and that That's a pretty, and you still have um, Jabril Peppers in the secondary. So that's a, that's a, that's a good, that's a good second. That's a very improved, that's a big improvement in the secondary. And I really like this, I really like this move. Um, so the people who are saying, oh, why would they pay? Um, the money, I think, is maybe a little much, but um, the people saying, oh, why would they sign him? They don't need a number one cornerback. He doesn't have to be the number one cornerback. He has to be a number two, number three guy. So, and because people are saying, oh, Malcolm Butler got all the number one coverages in Tennessee. He was more of a number two, number three guy. Perfect role. That's what we need. We need a number two, number three cornerback. And, or number three even, because Logan Ryan can take number two. And we got it. And also, there's a capability that he can be, even maybe be num- number four, because ho- hopefully Xavier McKinney, um, you know, he had the foot, he had the broken foot last year, so he didn't really get involved. Hopefully he can come in and fit into the fold. And then all of a sudden you're looking at a pretty good, a pretty good pair of, um, a pretty good cornerback, cornerback depth for the Giants. And if the defense picks up where they left off last year, the d- defense was top 10 and, um, we can get to the, um, we can get to the quarterback like we did last, we had a very, um, last year's defensive line. Yes, we lost, we, um, we lost, um, Devlin Tomlinson. That was pretty that was pretty hard, but um, re-signed Leonard Williams, saved a, saved a couple million in cap um, by giving him the deal instead of the franchise tag, and will and they the Giants can go for an edge rusher in the draft, and there you go, their their pass rushes their pass rushes sort of set. Um, Dexter Lawrence is still there. Leonard Williams obviously had 11 and a half sacks last year, and you go for someone like Phillips or Quiddy Pay in the um, in the uh, in the draft with your number 11 overall pick and your and you're good to go, and the defense is set, and hopefully if the defense picks up where they left off and the improvement in the offense, it should be a playoff berth. If the Giants don't win the division, it's we're going to really have to look at what what happened here. Um, if, they don't, if they don't make the playoffs this year and Daniel Jones doesn't produce, he's not the guy. Um, I like Joe Judge. I think we keep him there. And we'll, um, I'm also going to put some heat on Jason, on Jason Garrett. Um, I want to see better play calls now with Saquon coming back. So... But Giants fans should be optimistic for this season. It's a dangerous thing uh, when you give the Giants you give the Giants hope before they let you down. But um, there's reason to be excited for this for this upcoming season. So um, I think I've 
covered all the moves they re-signed Leonard Williams. It's not like them to be splashing out cash like this, but but I do like it. I do I do think all the moves help in some way, shape, or form. They're not useless moves. Like uh, you know, Galladay gives us number one receiver. Dory Jackson gives us another good cornerback. Kyle Rudolph gives him a nice red zone target, and then we'll see if they draft Kyle Pitts. Do you run the three tight end set? Do you want to trade Evan Ingram, or do you keep there? Or you can even maybe even keep Kyle Rudolph as um as a blocking only tight end, tight end that's very good for blocking, helping Saquon Barkley get to the outside because when Saquon gets in the open field, he's gone. So a really good, really good um reason to believe that the Giants can win can win the NFC East also because. Washington now has Ryan Fitzpatrick, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is, you know, Fitzmagic is mostly Fitz tragic sometimes. He has a couple really good games here and there, but, you know, he's not consistent. The Giants have beaten the Redskins, oh, the football team, uh, the last four or five times they've played, so that's, that's reason to believe. Dallas really hasn't, besides the da- besides um, giving Dak, the lo- Dak Prescott the long-term extension, they haven't, done much in, um, they haven't done much in free agency, which means their defense still stinks and giving us Galladay will help with that and also helping with Adoree Jackson to match up on their receivers because they have the receiving core of C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, and Michael Gallup and now we might have the cornerback cornerback core to at least slow them down somewhat um, this year and we have the pass rush to get to Prescott and the Eagles, even though the Eagles had the 12th overall pick in the draft and they have found their quarterback, there's still a lot of holes they need to fill. Um, you know, they filled the hole of quarterback with Jalen Hurts. They'll probably get a receiver, but they still need a better offensive line. Um, Hurts will probably be a pain to tackle, and we're probably going to lose at least a game to him this year. But again, there's still a lot of holes on that side of the, on just on the Eagles team in general. So the Giants fans, it's a real, it's a real capable, it's a real possibility that, that you win, that we win the NFC, NFC East. If we don't, or Let's say, you know, one team comes out of nowhere and has a shockingly good season. If we don't make the playoffs, then it's really time to look at whether Daniel Jones is is the guy or not, and it's time to move on from him. Because we've given him all he wanted. Before it was, oh, he doesn't have enough weapons now. Bam, now he's got Kenny Galladay, he's got Kyle Rudolph, he's got John, he's got he's got weapons now. So no more excuses. He's got to throw more than eleven touchdowns in fourteen games, and he's gotta cut the turnovers out. He he can't he can't be doing it. Turnovers should go down. The interception should go down because uh, Galladay won't be dropping too many balls. But yeah, we'll see. Anyway, um, that is all for this week's uh, this week's episode. Good to good to finally record one after a long time. And uh, yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. And I'll see you guys next week.